Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. So good to be with you today, and uh, I bring greetings. I don't know, have any of y'all seen Pastor Don? Like, where is he? And uh, many of you know, thank you for loaning your pastor. Today, uh, we've sent Pastor Don over to our Midtown campus because they're catching up with New Iberia and, and implementing all of their next steps. And I don't know if y'all know this, but Pastor Don is usually the smartest man in the room. Whatever room he's in, he's usually the smartest. And so we needed him today on assignment. Could he go to Midtown? And as y'all been pioneering the next steps, they, they, needed, they needed him. We needed that voice there. So I'd just like for us to pray for him today. Could we do that? He's on a mission. He'll be back. He will be back next Sunday, right? Can we promise that? Yes, unless the Lord takes him home, which could happen. Let's pray that it doesn't. Okay, here we go. Father, we just pray for Pastor Don today. We thank you for the gift that he is, not only here in New Iberia, but the gift he is to our Savior's church. And so, Father, we pray for the anointing of the Lord to rest upon him, that you would use him as an instrument in your hand for your purposes and your glory today. As, as, as New Iberia and Pastor Don and the team here have been pioneering and and formatting these, this next step journey, helping us make disciples. I ask God that you would use him, give him illumination to be able to speak the right word at the right time that, that'll inspire and not only the revelation, but the inspiration, Father, for people to take their next steps. And so, Father, we thank you for the gift that he is to this house. His wife, Kayla, bless their children, their 272 children. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give it up for your pastor. Thank you, Isaac. And Isaac and I are going to work together at the end. And it's always good to see Isaac. And yeah, we love Isaac, man. He does a great job. I want to I wanna just talk to you today, if I can, just for a few moments. Something's on my heart. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want to say, I, I love the word. How many of you love the word? The word, yeah, you, and I appreciate our worship team, and, and they, they kind of preached my message today. I was like, I must be, I must be hearing the right word, because we're, we're, we're corresponding together. It's in the flow. I don't think we planned this. I didn't talk with Isaac about what he was singing, and the team was leading us today, but it's kind of a coordinated effort. I'm harmonizing with them. Um, I, I want to take you to, I think, one of the principle, I call it the prince of promises that, are, that is in the Bible. It's, it's one of those that if, the, if this promise wasn't in the scripture, sometimes this would be too hard to bear. Sometimes life throws things at us, and sometimes you need that firm foundation that you can run back to and stand on when things around you are shaking and blowing. Can I get an amen? And so I want to take you to one of the prince of promises in the Bible. Here it is. It's the prince there's lots of promises in the word, but this one stands head and shoulders above them all. And some of you already know this verse, right? It says, and we know that, yeah, stop for a second. Remember, I've been teaching you off. It's in the yellow. You read it with me. Let's pretend we're in Opelousas. Here we go. And we know that all 
all things work together for the good to those who love God. Anybody in here love God? Yeah, you're here. So we got a promise, right? That all things, that's good things, that's bad things, all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. We just usually stop at 828. We don't always continue reading to verse number 29, which I'm going to read in just a second. We, we like that promise. Don't you love that? That means if you're walking through something now and it's not good, but the, the promise was all things work together for my good. So if you're walking through something right now that's not good, that just means God's not done yet. You just, we just got to keep walking, and in the end, everybody say in the end, it'll, you'll turn around and you'll look back and go, that was for my good. Even though it was difficult or it was hard, can I get an amen from a senior saint in here? They go, I've been through some stuff. But if you don't read verse number 29, you don't get the full context of it. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you just verse by verse. I'm going to teach you just a little bit today. I just want to go into verse 29. I want you to read it, and I'll stop you. Okay, so let's go. I'll read verse 28, and then you start reading 29. Here we go. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For Stop! Who's for whom? It's you. It's every single person in this room. For whom? That's me. That's you. That's Pastor Don. That's Pastor Sean. That's CJ and Isaac and every single person in this room. So for whom? Okay, let's pick up. Ready? For whom? Stop. What does he for new mean? For new. What does that mean? It means from the beginning, he knew before it even happened. He already knew. He knew you even before you happened. And even knew what you're walking through before you knew what you were going to walk through. He's already pre, he's already foreknowed, he foreknowed it. Is that correct? Okay, here we go. For whom he foreknew, he also what does that mean? He predestined. It just simply means that he decided from the outset. He's already decided from the beginning. I've said this a thousand times. I wasn't the first to say it, but how many of you know us preachers, we say, we repeat things over and over again, and you go, why do y'all do that? Why do y'all keep repeating things over and over again? Well, we do that because... We don't have any new material. No, no, that's not it. We repeat over things over and over again because we forget things. How many moms and dads have ever had to say the same thing over and over again to your children? Yeah, that's what pastors do. We say the same thing. And I've said this a thousand times that I thought, I, I'm not the originator of it. But how many of you know sometimes you say it so many times you think you're the originator of it? Nothing passes to you that doesn't first pass through the hand of God. Nothing. Nothing. 
You could be walking through a difficult, I'm going to encourage you today, nothing, you could be walking through the most difficult of circumstances today, and I promise you, it came to you because God may not have caused it, but he allowed it to came, to come to you. He allowed it. So no matter what you're walking through, and he, and he did this for a very specific reason. In fact, I already know your purpose. If you're sitting in the room today going, what's my purpose? I know what your purpose is. He's actually going to tell us what the purposes of God were for each and every one of us. Remember, all things work together. We love that verse. For whom he foreknew, he already predetermined from the outset. Here it is, ready? To be conformed into the image of his son. Wait a minute. So God's allowing things to come into my life. He knew me before I was even here. He already predetermined. He lets things come through to me, the good or the bad. He lets them so that he can conform. Everybody say the word conform into the image of his son. Like I just, here, here, thank you. Here's the word picture I want you to get. How many of you know? You've ever seen that where they, uh, the, uh, yeah, the potter and the wheel. How many, how many of you have ever seen one of those where they do that with their foot, you know, and they make the, the uh, and then they put clay on it, right? Right? How many of y'all remember that old song? Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Do y'all remember that? Remember, then it goes, I forget, it goes, you are the potter. I am the clay, mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Y'all remember that old song? How many? Yeah. Yeah. Isaac, if you need some help on the worship team, let me know. No, but you can pick my album up. It will be for sale in the foyer. No, how, how, many, how, many, been, how many do remember that old song? Okay, that's all the old people right there, if you're wondering. No, no. You go. How, how many, he's, wait a minute. So he foreknew me. He predestined. He's already decided from the very outset that he was going to allow all things. He's going to allow things to come into my life for this very purpose that he wants to form me into the image of his son, Jesus, that I'm going to start becoming more and more. How many of you know, like him? Yeah, so, yeah. How many of you have ever, be honest, in the room, how many of you have ever felt like God did the, we're just going to start over, right? Come on, raise your hand. You lie, you fry. You're in church. He's like, nah, he failed that one. Let's start again. How many, some of you have given God a really tired leg. I promise you. He's like, oh, here we go again to conform us into the image. Listen, I want, I want to show you something. Let me, let me work on some theology here. So you and I were created to become like Jesus. It's the reason why we even have church was that we start becoming more and more like Jesus. In fact, this was the, begin- the plan from the beginning, you can take you all the way back to the, to the book of Genesis in the beginning. 
verse 1 through 26. I'm going to hurry through the theology, and then we're going to get to some application. Genesis 1 and 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. We are spiritual beings made by God. Our spirits are immortal. It will outlast our physical bodies. We're intellectual. We are relational. We can give and receive love. We have a moral conscience. We can discern what's right or what's wrong, which simply means we're going to be held accountable by God. But because of sin, the image has been distorted. So God even sends Jesus. We just celebrated the communion. He sends Jesus on a mission to restore the full image of what we've lost. In Colossians 1 and 15, it says, He, Jesus, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And Jesus would say things like this, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, like Father, like Son. But here's the warning. So from the beginning, it was always the purpose of God to conform us into the image of his son, Jesus. We were created to be in his likeness, to be not God, but to be likeness in his holiness. But here's the temptation from the beginning. In Genesis 3 and 5, we see the scripture says, <clears throat> Satan speaking, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, talking about the fruit, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here's the temptation to distort the image. Let's just don't forget where Satan comes from. We, we can read it and find it in the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, 13 and 14. For you have said in your heart, Satan speaking to himself, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And Satan said, I will be like the most high. Are you ready? Here's the temptation for all of us. We want to be like God. We just want to be like God. We go, Pastor, you, how do we put ourselves in a situation where we want to be God? You ready? The desire to be a God shows up every time we try to control. Everybody say control. When we try to control our circumstances, our future, or people. Let's just let that set just for just a second. I want to control people sometimes. I want to control my future. I want to control circumstances. Remember, God doesn't want us to become God-like. He wants us to become godly. And so he puts us on this wheel. All things work to, yes, amen, for the good, for those who love the Lord and called according to his purpose. But instead, we don't read verse 29 that says he's going to allow things to come into our life that are going to put us on the wheel, that are going to conform us into the image of his son, Jesus. 
I, I know this isn't a shout-down message. Maybe in a moment it will be. How does he do it then? And now we're going to get to the practical. So if it is the purpose of God to conform me into the image of his son Jesus, and he allows circumstances to come into my life, and by the way, you've got them right now. I'll prove it to you. Let's just one quick poll right here in the congregation. I can see you guys in the balcony. Are y'all doing good up there? Yeah, all right. I saw y'all during worship. The balcony had it going on. Let me, let me just ask you this question. How many of you would say, right now you're going through a very, very good season? The wind is at your back. I mean, you've got some minor issues going on, but nothing major. You go, man, I'm just blessed by God. This is just such a great season. I'm waiting for something bad to happen. How many of you could say, that's the season I'm in right now? Raise your hand. Hold it up high. Don't be ashamed. Praise God. Put it down. How many of you say, I'm not there. I'm going through a very difficult season right now. I feel the wind at my face, and that's what's happening right now. I just, there's just some stuff going on that's got to be resolved. Let me see your hand, okay? All right, great. Okay, put your hands up. How many of you didn't raise your hand on either one? Raise your hand now. Uh, uh, yeah, there's the uncommitted right there. Right? Yeah. No, here's, did you see what happened? It's about half the crowd. 50% said, we're good. 50% said, difficult. I got good news and I got bad news for you. If you raised your hand and said, it's going good, I'm blessed, I got bad news for you. It will change in your future. Something will happen. But if you raised your hand and said, I'm going through a difficult season, if you'll keep walking with God, it will change. Are y'all tracking with me? So watch this. How does God conform us? I, I can only see in Scripture, there may be more. I'm not, not the greatest theologian in the world. Y'all have to check with CJ after this. Uh, no, let me give you, let me give, how does he do it? Number one, let me give you number one. It's the Word. He conforms us by giving us the Word. Uh, thank you, Isaac, for your, your admonishment earlier today. And you said everything is shaken. Everything is changing. Nothing could be further from the, that is the truth. I mean, nothing could be more true than that. Everything is changing. Everything around us is changing. Political, political parties are changing. I'm talking culture is changing. What's popular, what's trending is changing. Everything is changing faster and faster than it ever has before. We need some, my wife is changing. If you're married, raise your hand. Yeah, just go, yeah, my, she's changed. She's always changing. Everything is changing around me. I need something in my life that will not change. It'll be the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word is our firm foundation. It speaks to me. It's always conforming me. I read it and I go, oh, that hurts. Listen, we, we live in a world now where we're watching even churches and mainline denominations in our world are standing over the Word and they're judging it. We were never created to stand over the Word and judge it. We sit under the Word and it judges our own heart. The Word. It will not change. I don't get an opinion. Pastor you, what's your opinion on? And I get asked all the time, 
I don't get an opinion on what's happening in our culture. I just simply could go, this is what the Word says, and we're going to stick with the Word. I so, listen to me, New Iberia, listen up. I so appreciate Pastor Jacob. I so appreciate him. He is a man of courage, and he has said, and I've heard him and watched him. I've had a front row seat of going, we're not changing the word. We're going to stand on the word. I don't care what happens in our society and culture. You're led by a man. That's his heart. And I say yes and amen. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Jacob. We appreciate him. The word. Look what Ephesians 1, 4 and 15 says. Instead, speaking the truth, that's important, in love, not in frustration, not in anger. We speak the truth in love, and then it says we will what? We're going to be conformed. We're going to grow to become in every respect the mature body to him as the head that is Christ. I so appreciate the word. We can never get away from the word. We stand on the word. I should get an amen in this house, right? We're going to stand on the word. Thank you. I'm even thinking as I'm up here speaking. Thank you for uh, Paul Neal, Pop Neal, even the, the history in this house who just said, no, no, it's the word, right? It's the word. The truth of his word. That's how God conforms. So let me give you the second way he does it. He's also going to put people in your life to help shape you. I'm so grateful today. Heidi's not here today. We, we've had one of those weeks, and she was going to come this morning. And uh, I just looked at her and said, Have me a, I'm being a good husband. I just said, baby, stay home. She goes, I just need to go. I said, baby, stay home. You've heard me preach this message like five times. And I'll preach it again to you when I get home. So, okay, baby, thank you. You know, call me on your way home, and I'll have lunch ready for you. That's a good wife right there. I was a good husband. She's a good wife. I so appreciate her. The first seven years of our marriage were pretty rough. Let me, I'll just tell you why. She's not here to defend herself. And if y'all tell her this, I'll tell her you're lying. No, they're lying. New Iberia's lying. No, no she, would, she would say it too. She, she, she came from a household. She thought she was going to be in charge. And I said, I'm the sheriff of this house. You know, it's like, no. So our first seven years, it was pretty much on. And, and I, I think she finally submitted. Uh, no, we, we both kind of had to figure that out. We, did, we didn't have the best of examples in our life, people to help us grow. So we had to go to the Word and go, no, what is my role? How, how should I operate? And Heidi is my helpmate. That's what the Bible calls her, my helpmate. And husbands, if you're wondering why the Bible calls your wife your helpmate, it's because you need help. You need help. That's half your wisdom. She sees things I don't see. She feels things I don't feel. She, she just had to learn the first seven years. She couldn't figure out how to communicate what she sees in a way that I could receive. She could do a master class 
on how to help her husband, how to help your husband. And so she learned, and this is, a, this is one of the things she did. Instead of going, baby, we don't need to do that. Instead of coming at me like, woman, back off. She learned to present it in a way that I could receive it. She learned to go, and she still does it. To this day, she still does it. She goes, baby, yeah, can I help you? Y'all know what that means. That's code for you idiot. That's what she's doing. I needed her to help me see things that I did not see. People ask me, what's the purpose of marriage? Is it to procreate? Well, of course, yes, to have children. Be fruitful, multiply. But that's not the main reason. I don't, in my opinion, it's not the main reason. The main reason God put Heidi, Heidi and Eugene together was because he wanted to change me. He wanted to conform me into the image of his son, so he gave me a woman to torment me. She has been the hammer of God. Okay, if she was here, I probably wouldn't have said all that. But you'll get my, oh, quit acting like you'd have said it. Right, yeah, I'd have said, I don't care. Oh, yeah, you're an idiot. I'm joking. Sort of. God has used her. And she would say the same. I, I I, we, we just celebrated her birthday, and I wrote in the card. I, mean, I think it was actually last year. I wrote in her card, I like the you now. <laughs> Not that I didn't like the you at the other ones. Just as you look back over 34 years of marriage, I like this version of her better than any version of the previous 34 years. Why? Because God has had her on a wheel and conforming her to become more and more like Jesus. And God's used me at times. And I've been on the conforming wheel. And he's used her. I needed people. I've needed Pastor Jacob in my life. Someone to go, man of God. I don't think you're seeing this correctly. I needed someone to help me see. It's why you need to go to next steps. It's why you need to be in a small group. Not that you go, well, people all up in my business. Listen to me. Nobody wants to be in your business. But sometimes you need to be in a community where you don't have, you can just see it. Nobody even has to tell you anything. You can just see it. I need to, I so appreciate Pastor Jacob and Michelle. Let me give them a quick shout out. I thought Heidi and I had a pretty good marriage when we moved here 25 years ago. Wrong. Sometimes you don't know how crooked your stick is until you lay it up next to a straight one. Come on, New Iberia. I knew you'd get that. That working, I believe. Let me say, love truth. You need people. I, I, I share with our church. In the beginning of the Our Savior's Church days, and I'm sure Pastor Don's got his share of them too, I've gotten a bunch through my history. I get a letter in the mail sometimes from people. I just recently received one. But one time I, I received one that was pretty scathing. And at the bottom, they, they, it's four pages, and they just put anonymous. Okay, what do you do when you get a letter that's scathing towards you critical of you, 
And you look to see who signed it, and it says anonymous. What do you do? What, I'm sorry, somebody said throw it in the trash. That's, a, that's what I did. I just went, well, they ain't got the guts to sign it. I ain't reading it. You know what I mean? And I did that. I, I wadded it up, and I read the first line. I saw that it was a scathing Looked back to see who wrote it. They said anonymous. I scraped, chunked it. Left my office, walking down the hall. And the Holy Spirit said, go back and read it because there's some truth in it. I don't want to read it. <laughs> go read it! I did. I took it. I, I, I read it. I sat down. All right. Y'all want to know what's in it, don't you? <laughs> New Iberia. Napalooza, like, what do you say? You're full of pride. You talk about yourself a lot. I just kept reading. There was a bunch of garbage in there. But there was about three or four things the Holy Spirit said, that's true. That's true. That's true. If we'll love truth, no matter where it comes from, that even our enemies, God will allow to come into our life to speak true to us so that he can conform us into the image of his son, Jesus, the truth. Uh, listen, let me give you number three. Y'all okay? Y'all we're good? What time did the church start? Ten? Okay. Thank you. Let me give you number three. So number one, God is going to use truth. God's going to use people. And then let me give you, how else does it conform me? Number three. This is the toughest one, really, sometimes. I think it is. It may not be for you, but I think it is. He's going to use circumstances. He's going to allow things to pass through his hand that are going to come into your life that's going to cause you to feel out of control. And you go, what do we do? Yeah, I don't know that I'd be clapping on this one. Circumstances. You know what I'm talking about. Man, if you're a parent of a teenager in this room, or formerly a parent of a teenager, you know what it's like to be out of control. It's like, I'm going, yeah, now, baby, you done lost. <laughs> We're out of control. You're going to walk through some financial difficulties. You're going to walk through them, and you're going to be out of control. What's, remember the purposes of God. What are they? To conform you into the image of his son, Jesus. You're going to get the report from the doctor. And you can go, oh my gosh, I'm out of control. And it's either going to push you into God, or it's going to cause you to go away from God. But all along, it's going to be conforming you into the image of his son, Jesus. 
I won't mention, we've had, we've had teenagers like that before too, haven't we? I'm looking over at my daughter, Hannah. I'm not speaking of her. <laughs> Is it okay? I can tell them that you were the, you were the toughest one. I can. <laughs> you have permission. There were times we had some difficult seasons. There were times we were out of control. There were times, do you remember this one, Hannah, where I went, Hannah, listen to me. I'm looking for one smile. I'm looking for the smile of God. And I'd rather God smile and you frown than you smile and God frown. We're going to do it God's way whether you want to do it or not. Do you remember that one? you remember that one? Are you playing? I'm, 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 what, I, I never got this one right until about seven years ago. I'm going to just be honest. I never got this one really right because I blame the devil. I, I think sometimes we blame the devil for things, and he's like going, why is everybody always blaming me? When it wasn't the devil. And I, I want to just give... Shout out to Charles Kane. I don't know. He's one of those cloud of witnesses now that the Bible talks about. He's, he went on to be in heaven. But he came to the Opelousas campus probably 12 years ago. And, and our church was smaller then. It was probably about, you know, this size. So when there was a guest, I knew. And I saw this couple come in, middle-aged, kind of getting into their older years. And... Uh, uh, I saw him, and I knew they were new. I went to meet him afterwards and met him. And how did you, how did you come to church? He said, well, my wife met her, one of her friends. She comes to church, and she invited us. I said, well, it's great to have y'all. Man, nice to meet you. Y'all, we loved it. We enjoyed it. Man, we'll be back. Oh, that's awesome. Great. Just the normal conversation. He goes, Pastor, can I ask you just to pray for me? I said, Sure. He goes, I'm not much of a church man, haven't been in church all my life, but uh, I just got the diagnosis, I have cancer. And we believe we're going to beat this and prayed with him. And then every Sunday I'd see him, he'd sit right here. And man, it didn't take them long. And as we kept going, the diagnosis kept getting worse and worse. It it wasn't getting better. Every prayer at the end of service, they came up every Sunday to get prayed for for healing. And we watch about a two-year process of him just continuing to go down. I'd lay hands on him, the team lay hands. We were just believing God was going to touch his life. What Charles was interesting is it just started with him and his wife, and then you'd look and they'd have a friend, and, and then what was once where they sat then was filled up with all their friends and family, and then they, then they started spreading back to row number two, and then to row number three, they'd always introduce me. Hey, come here. I want you to meet my brother-in-law. Or I want to meet you with my cousin. Or, I mean, you just watch. This is, I called it the, the cane section of our church. They, family and friends, they all started getting baptized and saved. And Man, then the, he just kept progressively getting worse and worse. I got the call from Connie, and she goes, Pastor Eugene, they don't expect there to be maybe 24 hours could you come by? Absolutely. 
So I come and sit down. And Charles was, he kind of perked up a little bit when I got there. I don't know if it was because of me, but I think it was because the Holy Spirit wanted to use him to teach me something. I'll never forget. I'm in there and I'm going, Charles, man, I just, I want to say, Charles, I'm just sorry. And he said, sorry. You're sorry? He goes, he's just set up in his bed. He goes, let me tell you something. Don't you ever say that again. If it wasn't for cancer, I don't find Jesus. If it wasn't for cancer, I don't get baptized. If it wasn't for cancer, I don't get filled with the Holy Spirit. If it wasn't for cancer, my wife doesn't have a home in heaven. If it wasn't for cancer, and he started going, my son, my daughter, my other daughter, my cousin, my brother-in-law, my nephew. If it wasn't for cancer, none of them go to heaven. Don't you ever say, don't you ever say you're sorry. Cancer was a gift from God to me. I'm not afraid, Pastor Eugene. I'm going to be in heaven with God. Don't you ever say you're sorry. All things really do work together for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose, who he foreknew and decided and predetermined that he would allow circumstances to come into our life that is going to conform us into the image of his son Jesus he has one purpose and it's not your career it's to conform you into his son Jesus he doesn't have he doesn't mind you being happy but that's not his purpose. His purpose is to conform you into the image of his son, which will bring joy unspeakable and full of glory. You're still not convinced? Let me ask you this question. Who killed Jesus? Think about it. Before you, before you say, the Romans, Judas, the Pharisees, Pontius Pilate, Caesar, Satan, or you may even think, we did. God did. He orchestrated every line. He wrote the script of the story. Judas, even chosen, predetermined, predetermined, predestined to fulfill his role. And he wrote out the entire script like a play 
so that Jesus could go to a cross and die so that you and I could have redemption of all of our sin. Is it possible that he might write out the script for your life and for mine to allow some things to come in that will cause me to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus. Ah. I know, it's hard. This is a hard one. I'm working on some theology. Do I have time? This is like I'm borrowing extra time. Like I should be closing right now. Are y'all sure? I got, can y'all give me five minutes? Let's see, how many, how many, five, 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 ten, fifteen, twenty. Okay. I'm working, I'm still working out this theology, right? So I work things out by talking it out. So I was thinking about, man, but Lord, this is a hard one because there are some people in my life that I would consider who have damaged me. I got scars. Do y'all, do y'all have any scars? There have been people, you know, you go, ah. And, and, and then the scripture says things like this, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. How many of y'all look like, I love that verse. How many of you have ever prayed like, I know what they did to me, sick them, Jesus. <laughs> Just get them. Sick them, Lord. Right, which, which, which kind of holds us back from getting them ourselves because Jesus said, conform, bless those who curse you. Hey, if somebody slaps you, insults you on one cheek, turn them the other cheek and let them re-insult you again. And in fact, do good to those who try to do harm to you because it would be like heaping coals on top of their head. Jesus, this one's hard. You know who I'm talking about. You already know their name. Let me tell you what my daddy did. No, no, I know, just... Here, here's, okay, just follow with me. Psalms 112, praise the Lord, blesses the man who fears the Lord, takes great delight in his command. His children will be mighty in the land. Wealth and riches are in his house. He has scattered his gifts abroad to the poor. Wealth and riches are in his house. And then it goes on to say, he shall fear, he shall have no fear of bad news. Even in darkness, the light dawns for the upright man. And then it says, your horn will be exalted in the presence of your enemies, and they will weep and gnash of teeth. Wow. Psalms 23, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for the rod and the staff, they comfort me. And then it goes on to say, you prepare a table for me, say it with me, in the presence, wait a minute, Psalms 112 says he's going to promote you or bless you in the presence of the wicked around you so that they'll see it and gnash their teeth. Then he also says, I'll give you a table in the presence of your enemies that they'll get to see it. And I went, wait a minute, when God says vengeance is mine, He's not talking about getting them. He's talking about blessing you in their presence so they'll see it and they'll go, So you didn't get what I was laying down, did you? 
He's going to allow things, circumstances, people into your life that are going to go, they tried to hurt me, but all it did was help me be conformed into the image. So God, you must preparing, be preparing a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You want to get them. And God say, no, I don't want you to get them. I want to bless you in their presence. And that's how you get them. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Somebody received this word today. Somebody need it? Let me see you. Somebody need this word? Why don't you stand to your feet? This is your word. I want to pray for you. Would you just stand to your feet right now? This is you. Just say, this is mine. This is my word. This is my word. So Holy Spirit, would you lift your hands to heaven? Holy Spirit, would you, this is just, only, now work, it's your work, Lord. So now, Holy Spirit, would you come to every hand that's lifted here today? You know the circumstance. You know the players and the names. I pray, Father, that now, maybe today was just the heavenly perspective that you're working in us to do good. For you said what the enemy meant for evil You'll turn it for our good. So, Father, we thank you for what we're walking through. Can you just thank him right now? Even though it's hard, just thank him. Say, thank you, Jesus. I know you're only using it to conform me into the image of your son, Jesus. It hurts some. It's hard. It can be frustrating at times. But I ask that your Holy Spirit would fill us fresh and anew now. Father, with just the revelation of that changes everything, knowing that you're working this out for my good. And if it isn't good yet, just means you're not done yet. So I pray, Father, for the supernatural deposit of faith in our heart to know that, God, you're working this out. Father, I'm asking, could they just feel you? Letting, could they just know that you're with them in, the, in this? That you're with them? And Lord, I pray for them today now. Touch their life. Touch their life. Speak over the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard their hearts and guard their minds. They don't have to get anybody back. Just be conformed into the image of His Son, Jesus. We receive your word today, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God all the praise? Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just, just two minutes left. Maybe you're here today and you're far from Jesus. You don't know the Lord as your Savior. And today I want to give you that opportunity. Jesus said you can't see the kingdom or enter the kingdom until you've been born again. And maybe you're here today and you're far from God. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He loves you. We celebrate a communion representing the death, the burial, and resurrection on the cross of Jesus that Jesus died for to pay our, our sin penalty. You go, Pastor, how do I get born again? It's easy as ABC. A, admit you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. This is a room full of professional sinners. B, believe that Jesus came to pay our debt by giving his life on a cross. And then C, confess him as the Lord, which just means make him the boss. 
If you're tired of living your own life, surrender, man. Woman, surrender. Give your life to God. Let him come in and be the Lord of your life. If that's you today, would you just signify by lifting your hand? No one's looking at me. Say, I'm ready. Thank you. Today's, I'm ready to be born again. Hold it up high just for a second. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands in the balcony as well. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? Let's pray this out loud together. Meet it in faith. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Jesus, I repent of my sin to be born again. In Jesus' name, amen.